Welcome back. This is the soft count. What a night. <laughs> what a night. Some crazy, crazy upset stuff. Just some wild stuff all night long. So I missed on my first four picks of the prelims, which is which sucked. <laughs> but I still went five and seven on the whole night. Now, here's where that gets where people are like, well, that's under. It's like, yeah, it is, but two out of my five, well, actually three out of my five were plus, over plus 200. So that is sweet. I nailed the Oliveira by submission, which was almost plus 200. It was plus 190. Macy Chazon was plus 230. And um, our girl, Carla Esparza, was plus 205. So those three things alone were big. And then my Randy Brown, plus 109. I mean, I just had a bunch of really nice nice hits last night even though the overall was uh, under by two the (laughs) the five outweighed the seven last night which is sweet and really that came down to to Oliveira at the end of the night which we'll talk about first I called it Oliveira by submission I gave that one to you guys he uh if you've been watching him in the last year a couple years he is the best He's the best. And, you know, he can take a punch. Some of these, some of the time you think you, you're knocking him out, but I, I think some of it's like part of his thing. He just like falls backwards so that you, you jump on top of him to try to knock. He, he's not knocked out. He's just got, he, it's like his thing he does, you know? So it's kind of, it's kind of wild. I, um, I really love him, actually. And I was actually pleased after the fight. I was really worried that everybody was going to be booing because he was going to win and there'd be no belt. But it wasn't too much of that. I mean, people seem to really like him. Um, Justin Gaethje, like I said before, he's already been choked out from behind. RNC, like that's an issue in, in MMA and UFC. Like if you can't not get choked out from behind, you'll you're done. It's over. You won't be a champion. It can't. It won't ever happen. You'll never make it. Piotr Jan just got choked out from behind. He was one of my favorite fighters, and then and then Aljo choked him out from behind. And now I'm like, man, I don't ever see him getting back. How could he ever get back? Like you, you got choked out from behind. You can't stop somebody from scrambling on your back. That's that's a huge flaw in your game. And somebody, some people would be like, well, it's really hard. And it's like, yeah, well, why don't you scramble on his back? Like you, it, it doesn't matter. Like it just shouldn't happen. And uh, now Gaethje's got two of them, along with Poirier, who are both fan favorites, man. People love those dudes because they seem so fucking normal. Justin seems like a dude that you play video games with online, you know. And Poirier, he's got his shirts and shit he wears around. I I dig. I I like Dustin. You know, he's the diamond. But I'm not ever going to be like, yeah, he's going to be the champ. He can't. Because he gets choked out from behind, <laughs> you can't be the champ when that happens to you. Not in today's in today's world. There for a while, when Connor was on top, and there was just like a consistency to be able to just knock. It was like a striking match. There was a lot of it was consistently a striking match. You know, even Jose Aldo, like they're striking guys. There's just too many guys now that can do everything and want to do everything. I wouldn't like Charles Oliveira if he couldn't strike, but it's clear his striking is fucking wicked. Wrecks people. 
mean, Justin Gaethje, everybody's seen him now for a while. He's tough as they come. He's one of the toughest dudes around, and he got sat down by Charles multiple times. That's why I was never a huge Khabib guy. Now, I'm also not a guy that looks at Khabib and thinks, I'm not like a hater. He's just His fights were boring to me. He, he didn't do everything. He did some things. And uh, the some things he did, he did better than everybody that's ever existed. And so, you know, I, I totally you know, tip my hat to him. But he, uh, I don't know if he's better than Charles Oliveira. I know a lot of people will say he's better than Charles Oliveira. I, I don't even care if he is. Charles is more entertaining. And that's what we're here for. <laughs> that's, that's the whole game. And it's like he can do it all. He can strike. He can grapple. He can, he can do it all. And and he he he, his story is out of control. If you want a story, which people do, and I don't think the UFC has really utilized what Charles Oliveira's story is. They don't want him to be the champ. They they want Justin Gaethje or Michael Chandler to be the champ. They don't want they don't want Charles. So I was under the impression I don't know why I just had like a kind of a my brain died when I was talking about this. I thought Charles missed weight by five pounds. He missed it by 0.5 pounds. If I'm Dana or anybody that, like of anyone of importance around there, I just am like, yeah, he made weight. <laughs> okay, that's you're in. It's fine. He wasn't five pounds. I thought he was like a way over. He wasn't. And so I, you know, I just I, it just gives me the vibe they don't want him to be the champion. Now he's gonna be the next person to fight for it again. He just won again. I love how he called out Connor after after uh, Michael Chandler did. I think he did that for Tony, just to like take the sales out of Michael Chandler. Because, <laughs> you know, uh, Charles likes Tony. They seem to be friendly somehow. I don't know how they're friends, but it doesn't seem like it. Tony's like hanging out with anybody. But uh, Charles really admires him, so, you know, I kind of like that at the end. <clears throat> Let's talk about – there's not much to talk about, but we'll talk about Rose and Carla. I called that upset. I did not see it going that way. I thought Carla would just kind of grapple her up against the fence, take her to the ground, just kind of wrestle her the whole time. And she attempted to a couple times, went for the takedown, went for the single leg, you know. Here's my issue with Rose, and it's always been my issue with Rose, is that when she's the champ, she just seems not engaged. And before the fight, when she didn't take her shirt off, that, that was weird. She's got a super weird relationship with that dude that's her trainer, Pat, whatever. I don't I don't follow all that stuff super close, but I'm on the internet so you see things and you know, there's a little truth to every joke and uh there's definitely something weird going on in her camp. Her whole her whole camp, everything about her, you know, the whole they had a woman kind of talking that had a bald head before the fight and she's just taking on a lot of shit she doesn't have to. She doesn't have to carry the the torch for all women. It's not athletes' responsibility to take on every social subject in the on the planet. Some of it's fine. Like I get I get that they'd want to. I'm just saying when it's fight time, I, it's just a lot. If I'm Rose, I'd be like, man, I just I just want to do this. And then they put this on you, and they put this on. And some of that's the UFC wanting to, you know, they're trying to increase the brand, make her big, make her big. And and she, specifically her, has kind of crumbled under that weight in the past. And, and it, it appears she has again. 
and that's a bummer. I've always I've always liked Rose. It's not that I, I didn't like her. I just Valentina Shevchenko is a real fighter. If Valentina had a bad night and got in an argument with her boyfriend or what, I'm not saying that's what happened. I'm just saying if she was having like the worst night ever and got into an argument with her trainer even or her parents or whoever, and that goes for males too, men fighters. You know, if 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 you just you're having an argument and you go out there, if you can't shut that stuff off and fight. And forget about it. You'll never, you're never going to be able to be like be at the top permanently. It's not possible. And you see it in guys too. Like they, and they talk about it. Like the guys. I'm not trying to make it a guy or girl. I'm just saying in this fight specifically, it appears we watched two women that were very not focused on the fight. Carla was getting married in a week, and Rose appeared to just be in another zone somewhere else. And so that's why it, they just happen to be women, and that's why I'm talking about it in this way. But I've seen it with men too, like that, um, the Derek Lewis fight with uh, Francis Nagano. It's like, where are you guys? And so to be fair, I had to throw some men in there because I don't, I don't, I feel I, I always get uncomfortable when you start when it comes when the when the women this is what happened because for me typically I actually find the women fights to always be super high energy. They they typically have a better gas tank. They're lighter weight. And I find the fights to be really entertaining. And, and for the first time ever, I mean ever, that was the first time I've ever seen a woman's, like a women's division fight look like that. I've never seen it. It was crazy. Unexplainable. Like after four rounds, they had thrown 20 punches, both of them combined, and landed like two. And then in the fourth round, Carla's sitting there, not even gas. Just, I mean, they've literally just been circling for an hour, like, you know, 15 minutes. She looks at her trainer, so she goes, what round is it? And I'm like, what? Where are you? You, <laughs> I mean, I'm glad you're going to win because, I, you know, I don't know. I guess, I guess she won. I mean, nobody can really say that, but she's the champ now. Uh, good for her, but that was like embarrassing for everyone. And Rose has made it worse by the things she said after the fight. She's really embarrassing herself now. It's it's very strange. <clears throat> now, to the main event. I'm only going to talk about a couple of the prelim fights that I thought were really cool because there's some up-and-comers that really came up, and I, w- I want to mention the OSP fight because I kept hearing the announcers saying something that was driving me crazy. But anyway, Tony Ferguson, Michael Chandler. <clears throat> Sad night. Tony, when he was laying there knocked out and, and he didn't get up for a while, I felt sick at my stomach. I'm like, oh, my God. He's dead. <laughs> I, I felt I, I genuinely like almost wanted to turn the TV off. I, it felt when they rolled him over, I was like, holy shit, man. I've never seen Tony like that. Um, But seeing how he was like sitting there and walked out of the ring totally fine, that's totally Tony. You know, you'd expect that. And uh, I felt better about probably seeing one of the best knockouts you've ever seen. Now, let's talk about Michael Chandler for a second. <clears throat> He's never going to beat anybody that's any good. Tony, obviously, in the last three or four fights now, is done. He was done before this fight. And leading up to the week, like before the fight, I kept telling you guys I felt like they were feeding him to Tony. And then I started believing that as the week went on because I'm just a fan of him. Like, how can you not be? And I was, like, into it. But... And and then the first round. So let's talk about the first round. The first round showed me that Michael Chandler will never be able to be the champion, ever. It'll never happen for him. He is not a good fighter. (laughs) 
he looks amazing. And every time I look at him at the way, and I'm like, oh, man, how can I not put my whole house, fucking everything I own on this guy? He is, his body is, you know, is perfect. And when you see him at his weight and his division, he seems amazing. And then when you see him in the first round, I was about 75% sure Tony was going to finish him in that fight. I was like, oh, my God, Chandler is terrible. Like, Tony went in there and whipped his ass in the first round. And you could see it in Michael's face. He he was upset after the first round. Tony was smiling, going to his – he was getting up, smiling, laughing at him. Like, dude, you are all muscles and all show. You're nothing. You don't your your shit is nothing. Michael Chandler can't knock Tony out with his fists. He threw that kick and the fucking skies parted, the God smiled down and allowed him to get that knockout. And it was a beautiful knockout. But if he doesn't get that kick in there, I'm he doesn't win. Michael Chandler can't really fight. And when he fights anybody that's in their prime that's not Tony Ferguson, listen, Tony, they're right. Tony has this wide hand stance. He, he, he kind of, you know, you're not make, you're not landing that kick on Oliveira. So, Michael, <clears throat> I was actually really disappointed with that fight. I know everybody's super high on the knockout, and it was fantastic. It was actually really scary, but it was after he got up and walked away, it became fantastic. But Michael's doing like five backflips while Tony might be dead. I mean, it was it, it, Joe Rogan. He's sitting there like, man, Tony's still not getting up, and everybody's. He's like, and while meanwhile, you know, Chandler's acting like it's like, dude, maybe just just for a second, <laughs> make sure that you're not doing backflips while there's a dead person in there because it's not going to look good down the road. If I after four flips, you realize you like paralyzed this dude. <clears throat> So, and not that it matters, but everybody, you just did it to like a beloved washed fighter. It's not like you just won the title against one of the best fighters of all. I mean, he was one of the best fighters of all time, Tony, no doubt about it. But it's kind of like, I look at Tony in the same way where I, I would look at Anderson Silva. It's like, you got the knockout, maybe check on him. I don't know. Michael just really looked bad to me. I think he lost a lot of fans last night. That's not how you act after you almost kill Tony Ferguson. You just don't. I think he lost a lot of fans, and I've been kind of one of the, the Chandler fans, actually, You know, because he just looks so fucking crazy. It's like, man, put me in that body for a day. What would I do? <clears throat> but he looked bad last night. He looked bad in the first round, fought like shit, almost got, almost got, you know, dinked, had a big dinger under his eye after one round. Tony's laughing, going to the thing, and you just landed a nice kick. And and you, I mean, some people. It's kind of like, it's like a crazy play when you're watching the NFL, you know, like a hail mary. In some ways, those kind of hit when those land like that. It's like there's a little bit of luck. There's obviously a lot of skill. And even afterwards, he said, "I don't even really practice that kick. I just, you know, I kind of noticed it." It's like, exactly. I mean, you you just threw it. You're getting your ass kicked, you know. So, and you threw one up, and it landed. But you didn't. Your first round showed me what you really are, which is a subpar fighter with an amazing body. And uh, I'm not trying to be mean. It was like I said, it's a Hall of Fame knockout. It's not a Hall of Fame fight or a Hall of Fame performance from Chandler. He he really landed on his feet. <laughs> That's like one of a couple hits he landed. 
That first round was dominated by Tony Ferguson. He, he ended up on his back at the end, but that's the kind of shit Tony likes. He, he fights from his back. He's a jiu-jitsu guy. And, you know, Michael almost went in there and got his fucking arm ripped off. So didn't look good for him, in my opinion. Great knockout. Poor taste afterwards. And then he, you know, here's the other thing I don't, I never really knew about him because he doesn't win, is how he acts after, like, in the post-talk shit where he's like a WWE wrestler all of a sudden. It's like, dude, you didn't win the championship. You beat – there's a dude that, like, might be dead behind you that the entire stadium loves. And this isn't wrestling. This isn't, like, actually fake. It's not like you're a real heel. Like, you don't – you want to, like, make sure that you don't look bad right now. <laughs> because Tony's not Colby Covington or something, you know. Tony's – Tony's a, is sweet. And so I just thought that whole thing afterwards was really dumb. And he looked like a fucking dummy. He was acting like he had his family in there. Like, dude, you didn't really do anything. Every The last three people have beat Tony. <laughs> so I thought that was weird. Uh, quick mention about the OSP fight. They keep I, I realize OSP's been around for a really long time. But he's on a six, now a seven-fight win streak. And, and similar to um, Glover Teixeira, it's like OSP, they're, they're acting like he's done. Like, oh, he's it's over for OSP. Like, these guys are just out here. It's like, no, 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 no. OSP has been active and fighting, and he's on a long win streak and, and is looking f- to make a run in the division. So when I say he was on, on the rise and why is he fighting Hua, it's like he is. He's on a seven-win fight streak. Pretty great. Uh, the other big call, the the other big call out I had last night that I wanted to mention was Randy Brown. He looks like, I mean, they were at one seventy last night. <clears throat> he's almost six four, and he kind of has Izzy. He, he he's starting to, he looks like Izzy, the way he moves, the way he fights, hands down, punching from all angles, kicks from all angles. He is gonna be a problem. Watch out, Randy Brown. Uh, I want to mention the Trinaldo fight. <laughs> How does he do it? He's 43 years old. That's all I'll say. How does he do it? Uh, the other, the, the big upset I thought might happen was Matt Schnell, Brandon Royval. Uh, Brandon Royval nearly gets knocked out every fight. Uh, Matt almost had him. I was feeling good about that fight. He's he was Brandon was minus 278, and he looked like that fight looked like it should have been plus 100, minus 100. Vegas' odds last last night were insane. And so, yeah, if you uh, bet everything I said, you would have gone five and seven, you'd have made some money just because of uh, the heavy odds on the five that we that we nailed, which was awesome. Really, Oliveira saved us last night, which was great. So, yeah, that was the night. I mean, the prelims were fun. Everybody's kind of – Donald Cerrone didn't fight, which kind of sucked. He apparently got food poisoning. <laughs> so, like I said before – I don't know if I actually have said this. I don't know if people realize this about weight cutting. It's not just getting in a bag and trying to sweat out a few pounds. It's also like taking laxatives. And some of these guys are puking all night, trying to lose anything inside their body. That I mean, you know, if you puke a bunch, that's weight. <laughs> that's not on the scale. 
you know, if you've ever gone and, you know, to wade yourself and then, you know, taken a shit and then wade yourself again, you've lost weight. <laughs> you know, when you see these signs on the side of the road, lose weight in 10 days, it's a, it's a laxative they're giving you. And so these fighters are going through all kinds of shit overnight. You know, it's not just I'm sweating and I'm so hot. It's like I'm sick. And, uh, you know, Donald Cerrone claims he has food poisoning. He probably, he, he probably was really sick. Weight, weight cutting is brutal. And <clears throat> it was kind of a bummer. He should hang it up. I think Tony's, pro- you know, he's probably going to try to fight again. They're going to give him somebody like, like Donald Cerrone, right? He'll probably get like an older guy at some point. Um, because he, he, he pulls in big cash, but honestly, it's like watching a basketball player play a season too long. <laughs> it's like, all right, man, I can't watch you get hurt. Because I like you. I just don't want to watch you die. Good night of fights, though. A lot of people are complaining that it, it was a boring night, and I think some of that just comes from the co-main event. And that was super boring. And I don't think that either of those women deserve to be the champ. I think Rose is just not a fighter. She doesn't like fighting. And that's a problem when you don't like fighting. I'm not sure Randy Brown likes fighting. I, you see it when guys are in there having a good time. Tony likes to fight. He was having a good time in there. Even afterwards, it's like, he's fine. He's like, eh, this sucks. I'm leaving. But, like, he was having a great time <laughs> in, in the first round. I, I, you see people that enjoy it. Francisco Trinaldo loves fighting. Randy Brown, he, gotta be, he, got, he was not looking good in the first round. He was just kind of like, eh, I'm here. And then he got clipped and got mad. And looked fantastic for the rest of the fight. But that was only because he was mad. Not because he was having a good time. Or he wants to be there. And so, you know, Justin Gaethje. Oliveira. These dudes love fighting. I'm not sure sure Rose does. I'm not sure Francis does. I'm not sure Cyril does. There's there's three big names of guys. And I'm just like, not sure you love it. And that, uh, that makes it hard to be the champ. You can become the champion without loving it. You can you can become the champion on talent. You cannot stay the champion just on talent alone. You got to like love it, breathe it, sleep it. It's it to be to be the champ and stay the champ. And that's why guys like you know like Khabib, who's young, retire. It's just like it takes a lot out of you. It's not like other sports. NBA's been hot. It's been fun to watch. Haven't talked about it as much because this USC event was so good, so big, so many fights. Just a lot to talk about. Looks like John Morant's hurt. (laughs) Colin was right, possibly, about John Morant being hurt. Kind of compares him to Derrick Rose. I'll say this about Derrick Rose real quick because I never really talk about him. One of the only reasons he won the MVP, first of all, LeBron probably should have won it that year, but the, he was on the Bulls, so he won it. <laughs> uh, if, if he was on the Grizzlies, he wouldn't have won it. So just just something to think about. <laughs> Writers and all these people that you know love the Bulls and the Celtics and the Lakers, they, uh, you know, they vote these guys in. So John Morant, <clears throat> we'll see. See how he does. They're not gonna. They're not gonna beat Golden. Golden State's coming out, and like I said last time, they're not gonna shoot bad again. And they didn't. They shot the lights out, and uh, the Grizzlies are on the ropes. It's it's about over. And John Morant's hurt now, so watch out. 
The I'm, I've got the Suns on behind me right now. I've been kind of watching it. They're getting their asses kicked by Dallas. So yeah, Dallas is they're really struggling now with Dallas. Uh, I think it's really shown that Devin Booker's hurt. He's playing hurt. I just watched him try to drive to the net, and I've been seeing this a lot with him since that injury, is that he'll go up and then just pass out of it, drives to the hoop, can't quite get up there, get high enough or anything, he just kicks it out of it, and and it'll turn it over sometimes even. He's not elevating. He's not as explosive as he was. Um, The adrenaline, he's just something's – he's not at 100%. It's not – it sucks. They're struggling. They'll probably get through this series, I mean, I would think. Uh, Chris Paul's probably got a couple another big performances in him, but it's gonna be, it's gonna be hard. <laughs> they're not. They're, they're gonna come out of this series how I thought. Whoever comes out of that's not going anywhere against Golden State. So we'll see. I, it looks like, it. I mean, it still looks like Phoenix is gonna probably come through. It's one of the things you hear a lot that always cracks me up on TV is that Giannis. You'll you'll hear these guys that. They'll say, well, Giannis is the best player. But if I was starting a franchise, I'd start it with Luka. <laughs> like, what? what for? Why Why would you do that if Giannis is the best player? It's not like Giannis is old. It's crazy to me. Luka's good. He's got a lot of flaws to me. Not a good defender. Not really a good three-point shooter. I mean, he bangs him in sometimes. But he uh, really great, obviously. Doesn't take care of his body at all. So why would you start a franchise with a guy that comes in out of shape? It's going to be like James Harden, where you got a couple of years of absolute brilliance, and then you know it just catches up with you drinking. That's what it is. If anybody's curious about why these guys aren't in shape, it's not that they eat like fucking elephants. They drink. It. They go out and they drink too much. <laughs> I'm not saying they're fucking alcoholics or something. I'm just saying that's that's what they're doing. And that's why they're struggling with their bodies. And so, uh, you know, we'll see. Uh, Golden State's winning it on that side of the on the on the West. Uh, there's the Suns. Dallas isn't a good team. Luka's awesome, but their team sucks. Phoenix is awesome, but their best players hurt. And Devin Booker's Devin Booker's the star that we don't recognize. He is without a doubt a top five guy. He is awesome. He can do it all. He can shoot threes. He can go inside, cross you over, do the fadeaway mid-range game. He can dunk it. He can lay it up. He can run the offense. He can do everything. And we don't really talk about him that much. I'm not sure why. I mean, some of it's on because he's on the Suns. He's definitely some of it's that. <laughs> but he's sweet. Dresses well. Seems to be cool. Doesn't appear to be somebody that's a bad dude. So... NBA should put more effort into making him a, a star because he's he's baller. Drives sweet cars and wears like uh, shows up in like a Bobby Brown 1989 just box suit with a fucking lowrider. Like why don't why isn't this guy a star? He's he's cool and he is as good at basketball as anybody in the league. But now he's hurt and they're gonna struggle. And if he's hurt, like I said, Chris Paul, I like Chris Paul. He's great. He's a great player on a, a team. But like I've said, and like he's shown in this series, you know, he'll give you a couple games in a week that are really sweet, and he'll he'll carry you through a couple games. But he can't do this for another month. There's no way. He's not going to make it through the week. We'll see how it goes. Out on the east, looks like Miami's just going to cruise. 
And I think I think in the end, my uh, the Bucks are going to cruise. Those two are going to meet up, and the Bucks are just going to they're going to win it. I think the Bucks are going to win it all. There's nobody on uh, Golden State that can guard Giannis. Nobody. Draymond Green ain't guarding Giannis. <laughs> You're going to need something else, and you don't have it. And so, yeah, Bucks Bucks win it all. Might put a bet on that now. Why not? Feeling good about it. Last uh, last thing before I sign off on Sunday night here, uh, Formula One race was today. I wanted to talk about the qualifier, but it was so close to the fights that I didn't get a chance to like get stuff done in between, and it just didn't line up right. The race didn't start till three thirty, and the fights started at like four, five, or something at yeah, five, I think. So I just didn't have enough time. The track was super boring. It, it turned out to be a boring track. Some of that is it was really narrow and there wasn't a, a lot of passing. It was also really hot. Part of my excitement for Formula One race there was that, you know, there's always like rain and shit in Florida, especially in Miami. They can just show up and all of a sudden pour for 30 seconds and then stop. And there really wasn't any of that. Carlos Sainz really did a poor job at, at covering off of Verstappen at the beginning of the race. If he could have done something there outside of just letting him pass there and really kind of made Verstappen use some of his tires, I think they would have had a far better chance because Verstappen didn't pass Leclerc until lap nine. And so if if in the first corner, if Sainz can put up a better fight, maybe make him you know, a couple laps chasing him, he may or may not be able to get past Leclerc. Later in the race, Leclerc had another shot at him. I'm not sure what happened there. I'll say this about Red Bull's car. It's unreliable. Not a good car so far. Fast. In a straight line, especially. They got all the straight line speed this year, which, you know, that's going to, that's time to maybe have a little investigation because anytime that happens, you know, anytime somebody has straight line speed like Ferrari did a couple years ago, they're cheating. So you might just want to you might want to take a look at them. We'll see. They're gonna have one of the problems with them is that they've got a Honda engine that's like in Japanese, like all the parts, everything about the engines. Like people don't know how to. I don't. I don't know how they. It might be hard to like go over their specs and shit. I don't know. I mean, I imagine it's all translated. But man, I've worked at places that you would imagine things would be so easy or something would be so simple. And they can't achieve the most basic functions. Like some of these crazy companies that make billions, you work for them and you're like, why the fuck do I have a time card? <laughs> okay. And then they fuck it up and your pay is messed up. It's like, eh, whatever. I'm just saying, I wouldn't be surprised if they just didn't, you know, they just didn't, <laughs> they didn't translate shit for them. Who knows? Anyway, uh, my biggest issue with the race this weekend was just the presentation of America. Um, they have there's too many people on the grid. Martin was bitching about it. I got a couple. I, here's here's a, here's a new rule. If you don't know who the fuck Martin Brundle is, you don't need to be on the grid. There's so many Americans there today, and I'm an American, and so it made me cringe a lot. Especially the guy after the race that was talking to the drivers. I was like, was he drunk? Like, what in the hell is going on? Um, I'm sorry for all you F1 fans around the world. I mean, I'm sure it was funny for you guys. Like, look at these fucking cowboy idiots. And we are. It was. It sucked. It was. It was embarrassing to me the way the way 
the way people act on the grid, you know, they're walking around there. It's like, you're a famous person and you don't, you're only there to be seen. And that's, that's fine. But there's also like just a bunch of random guys. Like Martin just stopped and talked to some old dude that had like his beard and a fucking ponytail. And he was all jacked with tattoos and he was probably like 60. And he's like, I'm a famous Instagram guy. And Martin's like, okay, whatever. It's like, it's like, why is that guy out there? You're, I get why Serena's about there. And if Serena's never watched a race, that's fine. It's Serena Williams. There's a couple of people that it's like, your fame is so high that it's fine. <laughs> Martin Brundle, he's running around looking for a famous person. He's like trying to find anybody. And the whole time, <laughs> fucking Dwayne Wade is sitting next to him the whole time, wearing like a crazy shirt and everything. Just was, he's like panicking, looking for people and Dwayne Wade standing right there. You know, I thought that was, that was awesome. Uh, Dwayne Wade, also one of those guys, is like, yeah, Dwayne can be on the on the grid. He's like Miami's prince. <laughs> He's allowed to be up there. Same with um, the soccer dude, fucking Beckham. I mean, it's like, yeah, that's fine. He also owns a soccer team in Miami. But who are all these people? Get them out of here. Like they're just embarrassing themselves on TV. <laughs> and then the other, some of the like famous, you know, some of the famous people out there that. They're like semi, they're like internet famous. Get them out of there. You're nobody. If you don't know Martin, man, get out of here. So anyway, that was my take of the Formula One race. Pretty pretty uneventful. Uh, Red Bull looks to be really fast in a straight line right now. And the Miami race had a really long straight, probably one of the longer straights in the, in the season so far. They were getting up to like 208 on that back straight, which is really fast. Um, and, and it was a new track. And like I said, the, the younger drivers typically they did seem to do better probably because they play that Formula One video game, which has the track in it, which is sounds silly, but it's a fact. <laughs> Whatever. Sweet weekend overall. There's going to be a great week of uh, basketball coming up. I'll do some more talking about that in the meantime while we're kind of waiting for some NFL to really pick up. I can talk some bullshit NFL, and I'll do. I will at times. But I just don't care. My take on DeAndre Hopkins right now is I don't care. I'm like over testing people for steroids and, and, and performance enhancement. Like I'm over it. I don't care if you're doing them. In fact, we should let you do them. Like I wish all sport just let them. I don't. I don't give a fuck. I want to see a person run 25 miles an hour. I, I'm, I'm not, I don't. It doesn't matter to me anymore. And if in some ways doing in, in a lot of ways, some of these guys come back from injuries and they do these things to rehab. And uh, so that they can be back playing sooner. And I get that. They want to make money. And then some of the guys that are at the very top, like Alex Rodriguez and people that were at the very top, they're trying to eclipse a new mountain. And we try to do that with science in every facet of our lives. And I just don't really have a problem with the player. I don't view it as cheating. I just view it as like kind of what this is what training is now. We've, we've evolved as training, and we're trying to put the brakes on it because we're so worried about statistics and stat books. Like, well, it wouldn't be fair to Babe Ruth. It's like Babe Ruth smoked fucking cigarettes and drank beer and was fat. Who cares about his fucking records? And it's like, well, it's not fair for this guy to have scientific advancements. I just don't care. I don't care about Babe Ruth. I don't care about his records, and I don't care if these fucking athletes want to pump themselves up with all kinds of shit. I don't, it doesn't matter to me. Anybody that it does matter to you, just ask yourself, why does it matter to you? 
Why do you care? And if you tell me because you want it to be an even game, it's like, first of all, all of the 90% of athletes in all sports, if there's a sport where there's money being made, there is cheating going on. And you've seen it in every single sport across the world with your favorite athletes that you've ever known. I mean, Tom Brady, we've we've gone past the, the Tom Brady, all the, all the shit that he's been through. And it's not just one thing. It's been all kinds of shit. They've been caught cheating multiple times over and over again. Deflate gate, the fucking spy gate. These guys are cheaters. And, and it's because they're the best. <laughs> They'll find any edge, any way possible. I don't care. I don't care that he was spying on people. It's like, to me, espionage should be like part of the game. I'll find out what I can. If you're dumb enough to let my guys videotape you down there, that's your fault. Like, I'm deflating the balls. If you don't have a guy, like, why do you think when boxers have their hands wrapped that a member of both locker rooms is there? So it's just on you. Now, when it comes to performance-enhancing drugs, to me, most of these drugs that people are doing are actually good for you. Like, there's not, you can't get hurt with EPO. You're just adding red blood cells to yourself. And a lot of these fighters, like, we've kind of moved past that into, like, the TRT realm and testosterone. People are thinking people are juicing to get stronger. And it's actually, there's a big misconception about, about uh, performance-enhancing drugs. The ones that benefit you the most are the ones that allow you to not get tired, which is still EPO, which is re- like almost impossible to detect. It's what Lance Armstrong was doing forever. And then he, I think he strayed outside of that and was trying other shit and got caught. But it was really his doctor that got caught and his doctor that spilled the beans. I believe Lance Armstrong never tested positive for anything. And it's because they were doing EPO, which is just red blood cells. It allows oxygen to get through your body at a higher rate. And so you can run longer. You can fight in deeper into the fight. In a five-round fight, you're tired. And if you take EPO, you're not. And so that's really what – I just don't care. Let them all do it. Just say you can do it. And if the fighters – that, what about the fighters that don't want to? It's like, we'll find a new profession. I don't know. <laughs> the same thing I tell all the coaches that aren't into NIL and don't want to deal with it. Go find a new job. It's just the new reality. And instead of, like, trying to, like, punish everybody that's doing it, like, why don't we just, like – let everybody do it because it's not hurting anyone. <laughs> it's not steroid. Like, I remember as a kid, they pitched steroids the same way they pitch marijuana, right? Like, if you ever do steroids, you'll tear off a railroad tie and smash it into somebody's car and rape everybody. You'll go insane. Roids, they'll, they'll make you insane. You know, same with weed. It's like crack or something. I'm not, you know, steroids aren't, steroids are different now. They're not even. It's not even the same thing. There's like multiple different things people are doing out there. I'm not, you know, I don't do it. I'm just a normal looking dude. I don't, I'm not into like, you know, I take fucking sertraline <laughs> for depression. <laughs> Outside of that, it's like, you know, I'm on, I'm on just your normal run of the mill antidepressants. But I find, I find the idea that we kind of are like shitting on all these guys that are doing this, trying to prolong their career and or get it like just climb a new mountain, reach new tops we've never done. I don't have a problem with it. I don't care. doesn't bother me one iota, not one one cent. So DeAndre Hopkins, you know, let him back in. I don't, I don't give a shit. It's dumb. So anyway, this week it's going to be sweet. I'll uh, holler back at you. I know you guys probably saw, if you were watching the UFC fight, you saw the card that, that's coming up in uh, July with Izzy. That card's stacked. We'll talk about that some especially when the fight gets closer and closer. 
But uh, yeah, good weekend. Talk to you guys soon.